Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game, the podcast. We have yet another special and very distinguished guest, um, who made us wait, by the way, so that he can pour himself a drink. Well, that's usual. <laughs> anyway, Mike, do you, would you like to introduce him? You guys have a of long, course. a long history together. My, my good, good friend at this point. Yes. Uh, and uh, one of the truly old school investigative reporters. He's also a, a very accomplished writer who's written a dozen books, including a very good book about Scientology called Scientology Church of Fear. Mm-hmm. He was a reporter for a long time for the BBC, for Panorama, which is how I first came to meet him. He has now recently embarked on a new career as a podcaster, having put together a, an incredibly successful podcast called Hunting Ghislaine about Jeffrey Epstein's former lover. And that is now being... I just read recently converted into or turned into a TV series by Sony Pictures TV. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome to our little chat session today, my <laughs> friend, John Sweeney. Hello. Hi. Yeah, How are well, you? Well, before we start, I just want to get one thing clear. Please. You are not there <laughs> the beginning of the interview. You were not there. <laughs> okay, we got that sorted. Excellent, excellent. No, I, no. I, and it's that's that for people that don't know what that is about. This was the first. Uh, show that John did about Scientology when Tommy Davis and I were assigned the task of and Lyra uh, Minnie and don't uh, well yeah yeah but she was a bit I'll go, we'll get there we'll get there uh, <laughs> we're assigned the task of dealing with John Sweeney and uh, part of that was uh, the Scientology tactics uh, literally driving someone to the point of breaking and, and there are various techniques that are used, but Tommy Davis was very, very certain that he could drive John Sweeney absolutely psychotic. And he reported this as, as a fact to David Miscavige. And then <laughs> in the middle of the, the, uh, tour of the, the crazy anti-psychiatric industry of death, exhibit uh that's on sunset boulevard in hollywood california everybody there you go so you can go if you if you please do it's called it's it's right there on sunset boulevard um and it's called what is it called mike the industry of death no but it's it's what does cchr stand for because the the citizens the citizens commission on human rights and i'm please i implore people if you're doing a tour of hollywood uh, please take take a minute. Take a minute. <laughs> but in any event, uh, Tommy was cutting John off every time he tried to say something. Tommy would jump on him and cut him off, and la- la- yeah, it was just antagonizing, antagonizing, antagonizing. And at the end, John sort of lost it and started screaming at 
Tommy uh, about something that Tommy was claiming, uh, and he John infamously or famously at this point screamed at him and said, "You were not there at the beginning of the interview." And a video was made, and a CD of, was put out, and all sorts of things were done uh, seeking to discredit John. And so that's um, the so so. Let me can I just stop you there because it, yeah, you know you, you we've we've long argued this point. I've argued this point with John because John felt like this was this was him coming undone. I coming from a very loud East Coast family. And knowing what John had been, be what, what he was being put through by you and Tom Davis. And uh, you. Uh, I was the <laughs> nicest of everyone in this fucking equation, okay? You, and, was, and, you were still bloody awful, though. You know what, John? You, you could fuck yourself. Because if you're saying that no, I no, was not no, awful. I, no, no. But fuck you, sir. Because I was, to even put me in the same category... As what you were dealing with from Ann Archer, from Kirsty, I I was concerned. I was wrong, but I was concerned when you went into the bathroom. You were just changing your mic, but I thought at that point you were upset. And I said, I came to the door and said, "Are you upset?" And then I got in trouble from Mike and Tom Davis, going, "What do you give a fuck if an SP is upset or not? Don't fucking ask him if he's okay. Who cares if he's upset?" And I got in trouble for that. So that might not have seemed like that. That maybe didn't seem like much to you, John. But but Mike can attest, me having any sympathy for you was was going out on a limb. Oh, it was that was a big big no no. Exactly. Absolutely big yes. no no. Yes. But in any event, John yeah. John took a lot of heat over his uh, outburst. But ultimately, it, it wasn't has become... an outburst. <laughs> Over his reaction to being to being to being to being abused by you and Tommy Davis, I thought his reaction was quite called for and justified, and he was only reacting to to I think appropriately to to the abuse that he was receiving. Anyway, you all want to call it an outburst? The, 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 <laughs> uh, and I, I, all I'm going to say is that at this point, John yeah. has embraced <laughs> this so much. That his Twitter <laughs> handle is yeah. at John Sweeney Roar. <laughs> I I make a um I make a habit uh, when I like, I do talks at uh, the students at universities um, and also skeptics clubs in uh, in Britain. I've done one in my very bad Italian too in Italy, La Chiesa della Paura, the Church of Fear. But um I always make a point of um, of showing if a, if a, uh, if it's a TV screen of showing me losing it uh, to the students straight away and saying okay so this is if you ever think you might be a bit embarrassing on television look at this by the way folks you can see it all on uh, YouTube there's the clip forty seconds of me yeah. screaming my head off and I said at the time I sounded like an exploding jet engine an exploding tomato or a jet <laughs> engine exploding anyway but. Um, it, it, it's, it was, it was in a moment of real anger, um, for which I apologize then. And I apologize now because Ugh. people in the public, I shouldn't lose a temper, but also in a funny way, 
it was kind of like a hand grenade into the whole nonsense of the Church of Scientology, in which both of you were 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 trapped there at a the time. I do remember um, that Lear was easily, um, no offence, Mike, um, the best human being <laughs> of, of, all, of all of you. She was a bit like Spock. She was half human. I mean, like, what's wrong with this woman? <laughs> and the the thing is, anyway, we put out this film uh, called uh, uh, Scientology and Me. And, of course, the BBC being um, anxious about uh, any any BBC reporter behaving in an unseemly fashion, and I had, according to the BBC canon, uh, behaved in a very unseemly way. Uh, to be fair to me, I didn't s- swear. I think if I said, like, you were yeah. there at the fucking beginning of the interview, yeah. they would yeah. have sucked me. But wow. The, and, and also, it, the BBC is the BBC, but also... I lost my temper grammatically in in sentences very loudly, yeah. but I didn't break the rules of English grammar, and that's an important point in my favor as well. I yeah, <laughs> I think you deserve points for that. I mean, the... no, uh, the toilet thing was a joke. It was just like I was sick of Tommy, yeah. and but I went into the loo with Sarah Mole, my uh, brilliant and clever producer, and um, Bill Brown, my brilliant and clever Northern Irish cameraman. And, and what I can remember of it, uh, and we can hear it, is not you, uh, Lear, though you yeah. may have said, is he OK? But we mm. didn't hear that. What we heard was, um, was steps approaching, yeah. and then there's Tommy knocking on the door. Yeah. Hey, Hey, you okay? Why are all three of you in the toilet? Right, is right, this right. some kind of uh, BBC policy? Oh. And I go, it's a BBC requirement. <laughs> <laughs> but That's but that was yeah, yeah. But the thing is that eventually, in the in the um, psychiatry, the industry of death thing, um, Tommy got to got to me. What was fascinating about this experience was that in a, f- I, I'm kind of. You know, we're reliving it now. Yeah. Um, and it was very, um, very strange. And I thought, you know, they might sack me, um, the bosses at the BBC. And they, they went in, there was a long, long silence. And I can, um, I can remember being avoided. And after they'd gone away and looked at all of the tapes, every yeah. single second of it, yeah. they came back. And I can remember the Deputy Director General of the BBC, I bumped into him in a corridor. Yeah. And instead of hiding or running away, which is some of the time I did that, <laughs> <laughs> the guy said, hello, John, meaning I was, uh, I was no longer an unperson. Oh, I, I, okay, I, that's good. Okay, good. And, and, and there was a moment, and then, and then I thought, and I sort of walked past him, and I just thought, hello, John. That means they're talking to me. That means okay. they're not going to sack me. Well, right. It's how it works, you know. It's a bureaucracy. Well, and let me. Ask... Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, but it was so. Uh, but inside it, it was deeply comic and rather frightening. Sure. And kind of, what the fuck is this thing right. That's, right. <laughs> that's invading my brain? Uh, and. Um, well, we know what it is. It's the Church of Fear. It's the, right. the Church that likes to wear dark glasses. Right. <laughs> now, can we go back for a minute? 
I want to I want to just get your where your interest in 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 exposing Scientology began. Where look, could you take us through to to getting to Mike? Because Mike was and and I want you to talk about Mike if you can when when John's telling his story because I wasn't there. All right, I wasn't right. I wasn't part of the Office of Special Affairs, so I'd like to know because. I know you even have. I, I I don't know if this was in your story, John, which was an amazing story. Uh, the, the 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 piece you did with Mike, the the texts that were going back and forth to David Miscavige from oh. Tom Davis. Is that in so, the piece? Oh. <laughs> so my my favorite. So what we don't know is the story behind this. Story. Exactly. That's that's why I want to go through it. So where where would your, where was your interest in Scientology? So, so it starts from a simple thing, which is that I've always been, both my sides of my family, the Sweeney's and the Owens, have always been fantastic storytellers. And the most... I'm not seeing best, that now, but okay. I'm glad you the said best that about yourself. Stories, <laughs> I, by the way, I'm kind of of Welsh, Irish, um, Irish, Welsh ancestry... But I do love an Italian drink, and I'm drinking Italian he, red wine. As in, he, in as he holds up, he does have a really nice, hefty glass of, of red <laughs> wine. Which, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's drink o'clock where I am. Where you are, it's uh, horrible, horrible in the morning. But anyway, um, so I'm interested in being a good storyteller, and the best stories are stories powerful people do not want told. Right. You shut up. So it's an easy step. But um, Sarah Mole and I started with, um, we did a documentary about Kabbalah cult, okay. which Madonna was hooked into for a while, which sure. um, Rick Ross said this was kind of Jewish Scientology. And, and we did it, <laughs> and it was very funny. And then we thought, hey, we've done Kabbalah Center. Let's do the T-Rex. Now, Sarah's from Essex, um, which is your, your New Jersey. And um, uh, she talks like this, and she says, Here, John, you've seen Jurassic Park, haven't you? Yes, Sarah, I've seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know that bit where they have the tethered goat, and they tether the goat, and they wait for the T-Rex to come and get it? Well, John, you're going to be the tethered goat. You can bleed, can't you? Yes, I can bleed. And that was my job. I And she'd worked it out. What happened was... That, that, that if I was tethered, the T-Rex would come and get me. Right. But what we had to do was always have two cameras with us at all times. Okay. And I had to wear two separate sound packs on my suits um, um, in case one failed all okay. the time. Okay. It meant going to the toilet a complete fucking nightmare, frankly. <laughs> um, because it was like... Unzipping, uh, you know, an astronaut from a, uh, Apollo Eleven every time I needed <laughs> right, to go right. for a slash. Yeah. However, it meant that every time the T Rex of Scientology attacked, yeah. we had it on camera. Right. We never lost a second. Towards the end, we had so much. We were staying in the same hotel as Louis Theroux, and he said, "Look, look, look! There's a private eye there who's spying on you." Yeah. I said, "No, we we got him a week ago. It's fine. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so Louis Theroux was doing another of his programs about cosmetic surgery and he was yeah. dying of envy as we were 
as as we had so many private eyes in our sure. hotel spying on us, it was like bad version of 80 space invaders. Go away, go away. Right, right. I mean, right. we only picked the best ones. Um, you know all this um, from when you were kids, but basically Scientology says it's a religion, but it uses things like fancy lawyers and nasty private eyes to spy on you in the way that, in my view, no proper religion should ever do, right. would ever do. Right. In the course of this, um, we go, we write to um, the church and Mike and um, when do we meet you, Mike? Do we meet you in the States, first of all? No, in England. In London. I, I, at St. Hill, actually. I right, came yeah, yeah, there yeah. with Tommy and I, I and some lawyers, I think, uh, Bill yeah. Walsh and... and and but there were no cameras. It was an off-camera right, thing. Right, right. And, and and the thing is that you you showed us a video, and after like it was and okay after an hour, uh, can we you know talk about what we're going to do here? And they said no, no, no. You've only you've, you've watched the first. You, there needs to be four hours of this, and this was North Korean style indoctrination. By the way, folks, I eventually went to North Korea. And um, and that's kind of like Scientology without Tom Cruise, but with nuclear weapons. It's the same kind of nonsense. Anyway. Um, no, wait, before you move forward, Mike. So you uh, you and Tom Davis, now you're, you're at, not only are you out of the Sea Org now, we should just say, and you are not a Scientologist or subscribe to anything Scientology, but Tom Davis, who was the former spokesperson for uh, Scientology, is no longer in the Sea Org, but he is still very much a Scientologist, right? Yes. That's yeah. Okay. So what is the so what are the what what's going on now behind the scenes? You hear about this guy who's coming who who's doing a story about Scientology. First thing on the checklist is get him to see the amazing four-hour nonsense video that we do. Well, you guys are not saying that. You're you're saying okay. So the first thing he has to do is watch this four-hour video. Well, and, and, and in hopes, in hopes that what that he'll be like, holy shit, this is amazing. Let me not absolutely. do the story. You really absolutely. believe that, and, Mike? And, and absolutely. Okay. And this okay. it wasn't just one video, Leah. It's okay. all these videos that you have seen yourself. Yes. You know, there's one about the drug rehabilitation program. There's one about the uh, exploits of the volunteer ministers. There's right. one explaining what the eight <laughs> dynamics are. There's but one. There's, uh, Mike, 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 you're giving me yeah. flashbacks. Stop, stop. Calm down, John. Take another sip. Take another sip. It'll be okay. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to yeah, make okay. you watch another video. Okay, it's so a, so a then if that and, and then there was these huge binders that we took that okay. had like pictures of all of the orgs around the world and all the happy yeah. smiling people and success so, stories and it was happy. like an endless presentation of look here this and this is the mindset that Scientology operates on when dealing okay. with the media is okay. they never get the story right because they don't understand what Scientology is really doing. So right. we're going to give it all to them and explain okay. and show it to them. And then maybe someday someone will get the story right. And okay. that is what that was about. Okay. Then the second tier is if that doesn't work, if John Sweeney is insistent on telling the story of Scientology, yes. Yes. then, then what are the, what are the, the directives given then? 
to well, you as the head of OSA or part of OSA or go ahead. Then, then the first thing that happens is find out everybody that he's talking to or okay. everybody that the reporter is talking to and okay. provide a dead agent pack about each person. Okay. And that is the evidence that shows that they are an unreliable source, that they can't so now, be trusted. So fair gaming. Now John Sweeney. Th- so already the now are these drawn up plans? Are they written? Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna attack John Sweeney. We're gonna find out everything we can, every piece of dirt, to then silence him. Yes, that's okay. another and well, there's two okay. parts. One is yeah. discredit all the sources, but then okay. ultimately discredit John Sweeney or Anderson Cooper or whoever, or Tom Tobin or Joe Childs or whoever the yeah. reporter is with their bosses. Okay. So that their bosses start doubting whether the information or the story that they are seeking to put on the air is accurate or not. So you guys were doing that. You were sending a bunch of shit PR about John to the BBC, to his bosses at the BBC. And to anybody else who would listen. In fact, there was an entire video uh, put onto a DVD that was sent around to members of parliament and religious leaders and people in the media and media critics. And uh, I mean, it was like this huge production done by Golden Era Productions it was very well done, and it, it was called Black Panorama. When Sarah and I watched it, we thought, well, that's the technical quality of it was streets ahead of anything poor old BBC Panorama could do. It looks really good. Uh-huh. Its content yeah. was crap. But, 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 well, but thin. It, pretty. it was sort of uh, thin. <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody... I've always hated everybody uh, who had a go at me, and I've kind of go, ah, ha, ha. But, you know, meanwhile, we're being spied on. But why, the other piece of context, which um, Mike, uh, I'm going to remind Mike of, that Mike was in the hole. Uh, right. when, I, when we started knocking on Scientology's door, Mike was in the, in the hole uh, playing musical chairs to the sound of music, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, punching people to have the honour to, to serve Miscavige yeah. or being punched or whatever it was. Sure, sure. And, and I got him out, you know, and... Um, right, always... because, uh, right, let's pause there, because <laughs> at this time, Mike, you were in the hole being abused with other senior executives of Scientology. They let you come out, get a reprieve from the abuse to now conduct this operation on John Sweeney, Correct. Yes. yes. I mean, there's a little more to that story. Go ahead. but add, add to it if you want. Well, I was in the hole, and I had been replaced by Tommy Davis. And he was fucking everything And Tommy up. Davis yeah. Yeah. was uh, was charged with dealing with John Sweeney and Sarah Mole, but didn't, uh, wasn't doing a satisfactory job in the eyes of David Miscavige. So mm-hmm. David Miscavige pulled me out of the hole. Yeah. Took me into a conference room with mm-hmm. with Tommy Davis there, yeah. and told me that I was going to be Tommy Davis's lackey, and okay. that I was to do whatever he said. David Miscavige called me, yeah, and said, "Your actual duty is to report to me directly everything that Tommy is doing." Okay. In other words, I was to be a spy to let 
Miscavige know what Tommy was up to. Right. The next thing that happens is I something occurred. I can't remember what, and mm-hmm. Tommy didn't handle it right. And Miscavige calls me up and starts screaming at me. What the fuck are you letting him do this for? Why is he, what What the fuck is Tommy Davis doing? Why is he doing this? You're fucking there. You should be handling this. Mm-hmm. The other thing there is yeah. that at this point, uh, Tommy Davis is, you know, he's um, a daughter of Ann Archer, who's son. Well, he's the son, boiled, uh, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, is the, um, I'm. Um, we'll, um, we'll fill in for you as you're drinking <laughs> right. your Italian wine. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> The Italian wine is stronger yeah. than I thought. Più uh, forte. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Tommy Davis is the son of mm. Anne Archer, whose bunny got boiled in Fatal Attraction, who's right. Hollywood, etc., etc., uh-huh. and Hollywood Gold. And he looked the part very much. He looked yeah. like a kind of very, very natty maybe a lawyer in a in a movie or something like that, bronzed, yeah. uh, beautifully dressed. Yeah. Um, Mike, on the other hand, had spent, I think, the last four years? Well, you, off and on. Yeah. yeah you but, spent, anyway, yeah. It, it, it looked as though you hadn't, you were really thin, and it looked as though you hadn't seen the sun um, for months. You looked like a prisoner from the gulag. And and also you weren't allowed to speak or engage with us. So that, that changed slightly over time. Right. But you were like a ghost, like somebody um, from a horror movie, and you stared intensely at us. And I can remember Sarah and I having a conversation where Sarah said, "I can, you know, I can live with Tommy, but Mike Rinder." He really, really gives me the creeps. <laughs> and uh, no, no, it, you know it, what's so weird about that is now uh, I would, um, uh, I would completely reverse uh, right, right. that point of view. Sure. And, and, and there's some there's some weird dynamics go on. But anyway, they're on our case um, all the time, and we start in um, in Florida. Uh, we start in Cleveland. And and there's a thing about Clearwater. this, which, um, yeah, yeah, in um, not clear. Yes, so I've got two things wrong. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Cleveland somewhere in track. Ohio. It's okay. It was our, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland Street in Clearwater, Florida. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, um, we, we we saw, and there's um, a thing that happens, which is a reason why the BBC can't sack me, and I never. Um, I didn't talk about it at the time, but my father um, had just died and uh, we buried him. And then I flew um, to the States and I think it was March the 13th or L. Ron Hubbard's birthday. And that was the yes. first event. And literally the day, uh, whatever it was, the Wednesday, I flew on the Thursday, arrived Friday, something like this, um, was uh, our first day with the shoots. Um and my mother, who's since passed away, obviously, but she thought that the reason I got upset was I was still um, dealing with the grief of my father dying. Right. I don't know about that. He was a lovely man, and uh, he died. And I, and I, when an old person dies, it's not as bad as when a you know it's nothing like as bad as when a young person dies. So I'm not sure about that. But anyway, that's the context. And I go there. 
in a funny way, it was great to work and it was great to to yeah. to start battle. And we we rock up at the um, Elron Hubbard's birthday thing, and I try and get in, and the security uh, dismissive, off you go. And then we interview um, a couple who's, um, who are very nice, Mike and Donna, and they're ex-members and they're, they're angry and upset um, that they've wasted so many years of their lives and so much money on the Church of Scientology. And in the, um, um, we get the interview in the can, and Mike in particular has got a... Um, his father died and... He had something like six children and five out of the six didn't turn up to his deathbed, didn't turn up to his funeral because they disconnected him. So um, this was powerful evidence that Scientology was a nasty organisation. Tommy Davis turns up at midnight with a cameraman, um, Mike's there too, at our hotel, and they hijack us. But um, uh, according to General uh, Sarah Mole's instructions, we have a small camera, uh, which uh, Sarah's been cameraing. She gives it uh, to Bill, who films, and um, she films everything. Bill gets his big camera, and so we don't lose a second. And this confrontation in the hotel, Tommy... Um, uh, uh, says, you know, I'm disgraceful. I've been talking to these horrible people. Um, you're disgusting, whatever it is. And I grab his microphone and I said, well, you've been spying on us. You've been spying on the BBC. And frankly, that's a bit weird. Here's right. your microphone. Right. And so this was the first battle of right. the war. Right. And and we felt, ha, you know, that's, uh, that's fun. <coughs> so... <coughs> And they thought, what the fuck are they going to do next? And it kept on and on and on. We interviewed Sean Lonsdale. I interviewed Sean Lonsdale on the roof in a car park overlooking a uh, Scientology place in uh, Clearwater. And I can remember Bill's voice, Northern Irish, wonderful, very, very funny uh, uh, Northern Irish cameraman, a great cameraman, never missed a shot. And he said, it's Tommy Davis. And like and, then, and it was with his with as Mike said, with the crap sheet, with the kind of dead agent file. And I and Tommy face you can watch it in the in the in the video, it's on YouTube, Scientology and me. Uh Tommy and I face up and it's and I say, you know, well, why won't you give us some access? It's almost as if we've got something to hide. I've got nothing to hide. And our face is like this. Yeah. And when we looked at the rushes, Sarah said, I think you two fancy each other. <laughs> That's funny. We, uh, so, but, 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 no, I, no. <laughs> I don't know about Tommy. But, Mike, this, this had been going on for how long? So, you guys were following him, uh, carrying on with these black operations behind the scenes. And this is all very normal for OSA, right? This is very, all very normal to be doing this to a journalist. Absolutely. 100%. This was just standard operating procedure. Now, John, and it went on uh, like John, like he said, John and Sarah arrived in Clearwater for the March 13th event with mm -hmm. the idea that they were going to ask to interview David Miscavige because they right. knew he was going to be there for the event. Right. right. Smart thinking. 
Tommy was already there. I get a call in the middle of the night and get escorted out of the hole and flown to Clearwater to come and be with Tommy so that I can watch Tommy do what he does. But also to destroy, but but to to stop the story from being told. Absolutely. And everything that was being done was an attempt to stop, either intimidate, yes, intimidate the people that they were going to be talking to, provide dead agent material on the people they were going to be talking to, or literally just intimidate John and Sarah into backing off and sort of bailing on the the w- what was the main focus that John had, which was David Miscavige is physically assaulting people. Right. This is something that he had heard from a number of witnesses, Jeff Hawkins, uh, you know, some of the people that you know, Jeff Hawkins, uh, Bruce Hines, mm-hmm. and others. And he was pursuing this, and this was the big oh, these guys have got to be stopped because that was directly targeting David Miscavige. It wasn't even the, oh, this is just going to be bad about Scientology. No, this is going to be bad about David Miscavige. So the pressure on OSA to act and do anything and everything to stop this was probably more than any other media that has ever happened. Right. I mean, put aside Paulette Cooper and the years of, of her fair gaming, but with respect to this Panorama program, I think that was the most intense and extensive effort to stop that program. I mean, from the moment John and Sarah arrived in Clearwater, the entire time they were in Clearwater, when they went to Berkeley, to see Margaret Singer and and Bruce Hines and whoever, to when they went to Los Angeles, to when they went to the Gold Base, to when they went back to Los Angeles, they were followed 24 hours a day. Every action of them was monitored. Every single thing that they did was tracked Mike flew flew, um, in the same plane that we did. From, and were you um, were you aware of that, John? No, because mm-hmm. we we didn't we didn't realise that Scientology was quite this fucking crazy, right? <laughs> right. Like, uh, and anyway, we um, we got because John because John you had you had gone undercover. You were reporting in North Korea. You you reported on the Russian mafia. Uh, it, you were arrested. I mean, uh, this is right up there with with what you've experienced. Oh, oh no no. In terms of getting inside my head, yes, Scientology was worse than all of the above. Wow. In terms of making you paranoid, right. um, so that in places like North Korea, um, there is a bit of mind control going on, <laughs> but it wasn't a kind of assault on my conception of reality. Right. So it got... Um, um, this is the the only time, I, you know, when I lost my temper, I lost my temper because I was afraid, because I was trying to push back. Right. But some of the detail of this is is extraordinary. We anyway, we flew to um, we ended up in L.A. and there's Louis through in our hotel. Right. Louis's a friend and he's a good bloke. I said, look, this, 
and anyway, there was um, uh, there was a private eye. Um, I, I don't know how many private eyes there were in the hotel, but there was a guy, and he was a black guy in a cowboy hat. So he was like super, kind of in your face, um, 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 kind of obviously there to sort of deliberately intimidate. And he was there at breakfast. And then, uh, and we, what we used to do was shoot it. Uh, what happened was that Sarah would stand in the, uh, put her head in the way of the camera, then move out the way. And then we'd go, look, there he is. Right, and right, right. we did it again and again and again. And what our rule was we have three hits of somebody behaving suspiciously. And then we'd do it. Towards the end, to be honest, I lost the plot. And when we were flying out from LA, yeah. from um, Lax, whatever you call it, I ended up um, um, drinking um, a, a gin and tonic and all my eyes had been drained next to, a, I, I think, a, I may be wrong, an ordinary American businessman who was too close to us. And then I did that thing with the eyes where you go, <sighs> just yeah. to annoy this guy, because right. I thought everybody was a Scientology <laughs> trained Right, you, well, you but, were, I, I don't think you were, you were probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so yeah. there's a car chase. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, eat your fucking heart out. Here am I <laughs> in LA, in a car, and then we're being followed. We're being followed by two cars. I clocked them. And I kind of, you know, I've been to Sarajevo during the war in Bosnia, so I know how to, uh, you know, drive fast. And I, what, when you're being followed, what you do is you turn down a side road, do a UE, yeah. you accelerate, turn down a side road, do a UE and wait. And then I predicted that a Kia Sedona would go past. Right. And, and I can remember saying, it's just me and Bill in the car, and I can, said, I can remember saying to Bill, or oh, maybe I'm being paranoid. And they said... Because, and off we go. And there's a chase. And I drive like, fuck. I mean, like, we edited out how fast I was going, lest I get um, booked by the um, LAPD. And I catch up, and then I knock on the guy's door. Excuse me, do you work for the Church of Scientology? And the guy's hiding his face. Well, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, I, I, I don't swear on camera. Because I worked for the BBC at that time. Anyway, so it was so crazy all the time. And everything that people like Russell Miller, who wrote this wonderful book, um, Barefaced Messiah, about Ron Hubbard, everything he'd, he'd said to me about they will come for you, yeah. it was all true. And, and the paranoia, the mindfuck, was yeah. really, really intense. Having said that, there was an interesting dynamic so at some point, you know, this is when I met you, there was a series of um, members of the Scientology, Ann Archer. I, I said, she said to me, uh, do I look brainwashed to you? And I went, <laughs> she said, how dare you? I didn't right. say anything. I just yeah, looked. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but you, you were a human being. And what was funny in retrospect was that you were having big doubts mm -hmm. and you were going along to be a good trooper. But from the way you and I um, um, uh, dealt with each other, I was trying to be fair to you and you were trying to be fair to me as a human being. But I didn't know that you were being directed right. by this sort of creepy higher intelligence, David Miscavige and his acolytes and all of that stuff. But right. I could tell that you were drifting. I, 
sorry, at the time, I didn't know this for a fact, but I sensed that you were a human being. And in my book, before you left, yeah. I wrote that the, you were the, uh, you know, the nicest, most human. You were like Ro Spock. robot. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, the, the most like the most like a human. Yes. Yeah, no, no, you, you were, and also, also there was something about you're from New Jersey, yeah. Brooklyn, New York, or whatever it is, Brooklyn, somewhere in the in America. Anyway, um, they, uh, you were a real human being who'd been kind of mind fucked by the cult, but your real human beingness was, you could feel the pull of that tide of your basic humanity fighting your brainwashing. Yes, thank you. Very I, much. I, I felt in real time. Thank I you. felt it, and I thought. I, and also, the other thing is, I was incredibly rude to you because um, Sarah kept on telling me things, and I was just like so mind fucked. Yeah. I said, "I'm terribly sorry. I've got no idea who you are." Right. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and, which is a terrible thing to say. Sure. Um, and I was just like, like I was doing it slightly out of mischief because I think. Sure. Sarah you were you were you were taking the piss out, but the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was taking yeah, the piss. Of course. I was also, okay. Not another fucking zombie was what I was yes. going through, but actually, you were funny. To be honest, I found you sexy, and I kind of, <laughs> and and you you kind of smelt that and went aha, okay, right, I'm gonna sock him. <laughs> hey, sweetie, you call me sweetie or something like that, yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, I uh, zombie face render is sort of staring at me, still looking great and dead. And um, um, but there's a moment when, <clears throat> and, and we become weirdly, you come as human beings, you become used to people, mm. and there's a big moment. Where I say to Mike, and we, we, we filmed everything endlessly, and remember, uh, Sarah's filming, Bill's filming, and Scientology's got three cameras because yes. three cameras. Me. So there's five cameras on us the whole time. Yeah, all the time. Yes, yes. And I say to, um, to Mike, okay, you know, why can't I interview your Pope? Mm -hmm. And Mike says, you can't interview uh, our Pope, David Miscavige. There's a reason for that, John. And I said, what's that? And he said, because you're an asshole. <laughs> Sarah started laughing uncontrollably. And Bill, fuck you, Bill, he starts laughing too. Yeah. And there's a moment I can clearly feel it. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, but Mike likes it, gets it, that this we're a team. There's just the yeah. three of us, but we're a team and in our team, if I'm the, the lead character, the reporter, it's yeah. entirely okay for the others, the producer and the cameraman, to take the piss out of me. Yeah, or yeah, to yeah. laugh yeah. if the joke's funny. And it yeah. was funny. It was good. Yeah. And there was a sense that Mike wanted to be in our gang, where you could take the piss out of each sure. other in a friendly way, Yes. than in his gang, where you couldn't. Right, Am you I could wrong? never. No, no. No, you're absolutely right about that, John. No, I, I, I mean, the, there's a thing called joking and degrading. There's a policy called joking and degrading. You are not allowed to take the piss out of David Miscavige, Tom Cruise. I mean, I did a whole video for Tom. I was asked by Scientology, and I was making fun of him. And uh, you know, I got called in, and I said they asked me, "Who the fuck are you to be joking and degrading about Mr. Tom Cruise and his video?" And I thought, well, everybody else was going to be kissing his ass. I thought, in the middle of this video comes me going, you know, Tom is so annoying, and and I thought it was funny. I mean, 
and I got in trouble for stuff like you're not allowed to do that in Scientology. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, no, it didn't cut me off at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was agreeing with John. There, there was some envy over the the flippancy with which John and Sarah and Bill interacted. And like, I wanted to say, Mike, that was probably the most unscripted thing you said, right? Like we're talking about the human side. That was probably the side of you that that was still there. Like instead of giving the rehearsed line from Tom Davis and and uh, what's her name? Who was uh, doing the, the 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 mouthpiece for David Miscavige and still is? What's his uh, girlfriend's name slash assistant? Oh, Lou. Yeah. Larice. Uh, yeah. Larice. This was not written for you. This was just right. your mic. Because you're an asshole, John. Yeah. And in fact, it came after John had asked Tommy the yeah. exact same question. And Tommy had given one of the scripted, you know, yeah. and, and, and ultimately inappropriate responses where he said, yes, I speak to David Miscavige because... Tommy had said, no, he's too busy, blah, blah, blah. And John had, had questioned Tommy and said, how do you know he's so busy? Like, what? Like, how do I know that he's even getting my messages? How do I know he's even getting my requests? And Tommy had said, well, I speak to him every day. And, and this was a, was a huge yeah. no-no because yeah. Miscavige had maintained he knew nothing about Panorama and the BBC. He was too busy doing all this other stuff. He couldn't be bothered with, and and nobody was going to interrupt the Pope in his in his busy schedule to right. deal with a minion like John Sweeney. Right. And that, actually, Tommy's response, which preceded mine, and then John turned to me, and my response was, because you're an asshole, Tommy's response was what caused him to then get in his car and drive to Las Vegas and hide out in the Wynn Hotel. Tommy which, Davis. Tommy Davis. Because he, cause he, cause because I saw he was that, afraid. Because there was a text, was a text was, right, that said, you fucking asshole, why would you fucking say that you're talking to David Miscavige? I, I don't think that there is a text I about saw. that. Maybe there is yeah, I, like, it doesn't, it, anyway, whatever he knew yeah. he was now in deep, deep shit. Right. Yeah. So taught. So John and Sarah and Bill get on the plane to go back to London. And the next thing I know, Tommy Davis doesn't show up. He's supposed to be going to London too, because they got to go do filming there. And John Travolta is about to have the premiere of Wild Hogs at Leicester Square, and Miscavige is paranoid that John is going to show up for the press junket for the film. Right. And so I get sent out of the hole again mm-hmm. on a flight to London and dispatched to see John Travolta at the Canary Wharf Four Seasons Hotel where they were setting up the press junket to prevent John Sweeney from speaking to him. Okay. And... As John alluded to earlier, ultimately me being in London and then another interaction that I had with John on the doorstep of the Tottenham Court Road Scientology Test Center was one of the final straws that I then went, I'm out of here. And as John quite rightly 
says, Mm -hmm. I am a big reason (laughs) that you are no longer in Scientology and the Sea Org. And he is absolutely correct about that. And I have thanked him profusely many, many times. Now, look, can we stop for one second? John, yeah. had, I, I remember there's some footage of you guys, and he's saying, does David Miscavige beat you? Does yes. David Miscavige beat you? And you and and just like John referred to you, you looked gaunt, you looked gray, you looked really beaten up. And, yeah. you, and you said, that is a lie. That is a, but you knew you were lying at right. that time, right? But what was the, what was it because throughout all of this, Mike, there was just the moment where you were like, I'm lying. What this man is saying is true. He's not the enemy. He's not everything that I was taught to believe. Yes. And yeah. I had, Leah, I had lied a lot for Scientology to sure. the media. We all have. We all and have. lied about, and particularly like, you know, I, I, I was on the Today Show with Katie Couric and she asked me about Xenu and OT3 and I just flat out lied. But I believe that what I was lying about was a worthy, uh, it it was a good lie. It was noble. It was was noble. It was noble of you for the greater good. Right. And then here I am standing in, in Tottenham court road, Scientology center with John asking me, he's saying, I've got witnesses that say they saw David Miscavige beating you. I like verified witnesses and I knew exactly who he'd talked to Bruce Hines and Jeff Hawkins and other people. And I knew Jeff Hawkins and Bruce Hines had been there. They had witnessed it. And I am starting to threaten, Oh, we'll sue you. You put that on the air. We'll sue you. And then I, I sort of walk away from that and I go, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Like, is this really why I got in Scientology? Right. Like I'm here defending and protecting someone who is physically abusing people for what reason? And it still wasn't enough to get me to walk out the door that day because primarily the thing that was holding me was what do I do? I can't abandon my children. I can't abandon my wife. I can't figure out how to get them, but I can't leave them. And then the the final straw was Miscavige sending a a, a notice or a, a dispatch a letter to John um, Bob Bob whatever his name was the Purse Bureau UK the guy that was uh, the local contact he was a fireman originally or yeah like yeah I can't even think of his name now with a CC to me saying. Yeah. Uh, Rinda's never coming back to the U.S. I'm going to send him to Western Australia. He can go. If he can't make any money there, he can sell his body on the street. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't have a wife and children anymore. I'm being banished to the nether reaches of, of the farthest, remotest place in the world nothing that i've got nothing left to lose right because scientology wasn't too concerned with they they do this all the time right they send you know sea org members to other continents i mean they don't they don't give a shit but now i just i just want to be clear about something when you say abandon your family okay you you that would imply to somebody who's not well versed in scientology that you were supporting your wife your ex-wife in scientology supporting your son and daughter inside you you hardly saw them this, they were being raised by the Sea Organization as they had been. 
you you did not you were not financially responsible for them their whole lives it wasn't a traditional it wasn't a family i mean that that's right that's, yeah so but i but i understand you wanted to be in the same in the yes. same country at least uh right so you, and you might see them every four years go ahead also the consequences yeah. to them of me leaving in an unauthorized fashion were not going to be good the consequences uh, yeah. to the rest of my family. They're all now have a big suppressive person that is a part of their family. Yes. And that's always difficult to deal with, particularly when you're in the Sea Org. Right. So I right, didn't want to burden them with that either. No, I understand. I understand. Now, yeah. let, let, let's just fast forward. So, Mike, you end up leaving Scientology and then you start speaking out against, uh, you, you reported all these crimes to the FBI, to the local police. You, you, you told your story to the authorities. Uh, they did nothing. There's a moment after I lost my temper. Um, anyway, the film goes out. And this is before Twitter, before yeah. Facebook's big, big. But nevertheless, um, there's lots and lots of emails coming in. And then, and, and, and I'm worried that the BBC has... Uh, it's, it hasn't sacked me, but it might. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, it's a bit like the emperor going like this, waiting for the plebs to go like that. Yeah, thumbs or down. Like that. Right. Thumbs and down. there's this kind of like, we put the. We, anyway, just before Saturday, uh, the program goes out Monday night. On Saturday, Scientology puts uh, the clip of me screaming out. My son, Sam is uh, he's training um, at a gym with his mates in front of a, a screen showing BBC News. And his mate looks up and he says, look at that nutter screaming. <laughs> and Sam goes, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah. And then for three days, well, from Saturday yeah. through to Monday, I get hammered, in particular by American you know, like, look at this. This is not how you should do it. Right. Anyway, when the show goes out, you know, I say, I'm very sorry. I apologize right. then. I apologize now. I apologize for losing my temper. But look at what they did to me. Yeah. And then we set it out. Yeah. The case for the defense. Right. And it is every fucking doorstep, every spying attempt, the private eyes, the car chase, all of the nonsense. You, you. Um, and all the others saying Lord Zenu doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe John a bit crazy. Right, Lord, right, right. We all know who fucking Lord Zenu is. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, um, I, the, the the response from the British public is five million people watched the show, mm -hmm. and as a result, it's one of the best rated panoramas in recent history, and and I become a rock star. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Two years later, I'm arrested by the Pakistani secret police who threatened to kill me and my crew in a in a in a in a, in a subtle way, but nevertheless say, Who are you? And where do you um, who do you work for? I work for the BBC, here's my passport. They took my passport, my BBC pass, dis it disappeared, and then the guy turned to me and said, Who do you and who do you work for? And I said, Well, I've got 7 million hits on YouTube. Look me up. <laughs> right, right, and right. He, and then he came back, and then one of the, the people came back with my passport and press pass and said, I'm terribly sorry, there's been a mistake. 
And then a couple of years later, I'm arrested by the KGB, the FSB, in Russia next to the Georgian border. Who are you? You're not a journalist. Where's your press pass? I said, the foreign ministry won't print it because they've run out of ink. They're just fucking uh, with me. Yeah. And and they say, you're not a journalist. Yes, I am. I've got 7 million hits on YouTube, whatever I, you know, if you add them all together. Right. Anyway, um, they say, no, you're not. Yes, I am. And then I show them the clip and they start laughing. And then one of the KGB guys goes off and makes a phone call, then comes back yeah. and says, I'm terribly sorry we've made a mistake. <laughs> so I'd like to thank the Church of Scientology for making me internationally famous, apart from North Korea, <laughs> where there's no internet where I could go, and it's the only place on earth that uh, people don't recognise me. Right. I've been recognised in Egypt. I was undercover in Egypt doing a film about a migrant ship coming from Egypt going down. Lots of yeah. poor uh, people died. Anyway... We're secretly filming it. I'm undercover. I'm at Cairo Airport. We're leaving. And I forget we're undercover. And this Egyptian British guy says, that film about Scientology. I love that film. And I said, James, James, to my producer, this guy liked our film about Scientology. <laughs> and, and, and it's the airport's empty, no tourists. Yeah. And James goes, for fuck's sake, John, we're undercover. <laughs> <laughs> But, but at the hysterical. same time, yeah. th there's something I want to say yeah. in a serious point, which is yeah. that I think Scientology is an evil cult that preys on people, and I salute the work that you, Leah, and you, Mike, and all the other people who've been on your show do. I really, really think it's fantastic. There's something else, which is that there are people in North Korea and, for example, in Islamic States and other crazy cults around the world and also probably people who work for the Kremlin, who are locked in a kind of mind control. And studying and understanding Scientology helps me understand the mindset of these people sure. who are locked in these other things that kill people in a way that Scientology, in, science, in the world of Scientology, people can end up dying because they're not looked after properly, um, but they're now afraid of that stuff. All concerned, deny any wrongdoing. Remember, I'm in Britain. I'm worried about the libel laws. However, understanding mind control is important because it's the best way of fighting it. And the thing they don't like most of all is mockery and humour. Right. Sure. Here we are. Uh, I just want to go over one thing. When well, uh, one. One important thing that I think is important to today, and thank you for, for all that you do, John, not just in the field of Scientology, but in, in what you've mentioned in your, your career. Um, it does take somebody brave to, to do what you do. Uh, I'm a bit nuts, I think. Yeah, well, you need that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. You're welcome, my love. Uh, and, and by the way, that's not, that's not, I, I do talk like that. I call people baby and honey, and that wasn't my, I mean, I, anyway, who cares? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. You're preeminently, even when you were a Scientologist, you were a human being. I tried to be, but it took a long time for me to get out. And, and at that time, in my defense, I really thought what you were saying was insane because I hadn't heard anything about this ever. 
I wasn't on the internet. I wasn't looking at those things. I was not that I couldn't. It's just that I was taught why forward an enemy line. I had never, I had never heard this about Dave Miscavige. People wouldn't be talking about that at the cafe of Scientology. It, it's just a no-no. It's not something that Scientologists were doing. At the, it, it, we just weren't talking about it. Like you said, there wasn't social media. There wasn't, and if you clicked on something that was, you know, telling the truth about Scientology, uh, you would have to pay for that, literally, like three thousand dollars to 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 confess your sin of doing so. So we just, you just get taught not to do those types of things because why why forward an enemy line, which is what it's called. But anyway, so so Mike. Here we are years later. He leaves Scientology. Mike, there was a time when you had left Scientology and you weren't yet speaking. How many years had gone by? Um, between 2007, when I mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. and 2009, when so, the, hang on. the- There were two yeah. years that went by, right? Where yep. you weren't speaking. You were, you were getting your life together. You, you, you basically had to start from the beginning and there were great exes who left, who were helping you to get your life in order. Right. Had Correct. you, had you heard from your Sea Org daughter, your Sea Org son, Benjamin, uh, and your, and your Scientology Sea Org daughter, Taryn, uh, and your ex-wife, uh, Kathy in the two years that they call you and say, Hey, you know, we're sorry. You've been beat. You were being beaten and put through all of this. Uh, were any communication? No, except for one letter. That's a it? handwritten note from my ex-wife. When I reached out and said, I would like to be able to talk to you after shortly after I had left. And the response was, fuck you. I'm filing divorce papers. Great. Literally, fuck you. Okay. Do you have that, by the way? Yeah. Great. You should post it. Um, As well, as well, could we post the interview that you did with John Sweeney for Panorama on the the website? Great. Because I want people to see this. It was really, really well done. There were two Um, shows that I'll put the first one up, the one where I was attacking and trying to stop, and then the second one where I was sort of the feature of the show- Speak me and Marty Rathbun speaking to John, explaining what had gone on in the production of the previous show. Great. So, in the two years that you left, you did not hear anything from your family except "fuck you." I'm filing for divorce. Right. Okay, and that was from your ex-wife Kathy Bernard. How do you say her name? Bernardini. Okay, and your daughter's name is Taryn Tausch, and your son's name is Benjamin Rinder. Okay, right. so. You hadn't heard anything, and then you did uh, uh, um, an interview. Who was the first person you did the interview with? Um, with Joe Childs and Tom Tobin from the Tampa Bay Times. Tampa Bay Times. Okay. Right. Now you find yourself sitting in a parking lot. How many years later? Uh, that, I guess, was in 2010. I think in April of 2010 or thereabouts. Uh, so three years later, three let's just say three years later, and you're sitting in a parking lot uh, waiting for your wife. Uh, you, you, you had since remarried, which, by the way, uh, <laughs> John was at your wedding. Okay, It was and, a great uh, wedding. I it was. The whole, whole, it was the, one of the best weddings I've ever been to. And I had to spend my entire time 
reproducing the show. You were not there to all the ex-members of the Church of Scientology, so much so that I lost my voice. <laughs> you had a great time. So you're a big rock star there. The, so now you're you're with your you're you're at a you're in a parking lot, Mike. Um, a waiting doctor's for, of a doctor's office. Sorry, at a doctor's office, and yes. you're sitting there and you're talking to John about this upcoming interview that you're going to be doing with him, right? Well, actually, it was fact checking after the fact, but before the thing had aired. Had aired, right? John was calling and saying. Look, we've got some things we'd like to go over, some facts we'd like to check. You know, we have our fact checker here who's very diligent, and we just want to verify this and this and this. But, and is it the, okay the, the, if I record you? Yeah, the, so I was recording it. The fact checker was a kind of BBC robot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Now, now, let's just set this up, Mike. So you're sitting in the parking lot for to, uh, waiting for your wife who's in a doctor's appointment, right? Right. Yes. And up walks, uh, let's name who was there. Well, first, two cars pull into the parking lot. And, okay. and understand, Leah, this parking lot was very remote, not able to be seen from anywhere. Okay. Who Out walks? of the two cars, mm -hmm. two private investigators, okay. my ex-wife, my daughter, okay. my brother, and your no, 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 your brother Andrew, you had not seen in how many years? Oh, I don't, I, you know, I actually don't know, like eight, I don't, seven, I hadn't seen him, six, I hadn't seen him, didn't, didn't call you after he knew that his brother was being beaten and abused and put in a hole, so he hadn't contacted you to say, oh my nope. God, Mike, okay, your daughter hadn't contacted you prior to this going, dad, dad, she didn't even call you dad, I'm sure, but, uh, I'm so sorry to hear this. I want to stay connected to you. Please don't leave Scientology. You hadn't heard any of this shit. You, nothing. Nope. But now that you're speaking publicly. Yes. They fly in your brother from fucking Australia. Right. Okay. And my mm -hmm. ex-wife and daughter from California. Okay. Along with mm -hmm. Sue Wilhair from RTC. Now, who is she? She's just a, an executive in the Religious Technology Center that works and, directly and, for David and, Miscavige. Okay, good. And Jenny Linson. And who's she? Who was in the Commodore's Messenger Org and also was one of David Miscavige's right hand attack dogs. Okay. David Bloomberg, who was, I don't know what he was at that time. He f had formerly worked directly for David Miscavige at Author Services. Okay. Guillaume LeServe, who was the international executive director of Scientology, theoretically. Okay. okay. Uh, I think that There's was There's a rugby it. player. There's a big guy. Yeah, that was Dave, David Bloomberg. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a big now, guy. Now, yeah, now, big guy. Now, now, Mike, so these are senior executives of David Miscavige's personal organization. Right? Yes. Except, except your brother, Andrew. And you're, and you're, right, and you're, right. He's a, okay. he's a public Scientologist. Okay. So now this is uh, Scientology, um, you know, executives and clergy. These are people calling them. This is from a group calling themselves a church. Okay, religious people, and they come up to your car as you're talking to John and Mike. Mike, what do you think the purpose of this is? What, what was ah, the purpose? Well, of this, this happened. This mm -hmm. happened two days mm -hmm. after I had been called by. Joe Childs at uh -huh. the Tampa Bay Times okay. saying, Mike, 
Scientology is saying that you're a terrible, terrible person uh-huh. because your son has cancer and you didn't even raise a finger to reach out to him to see if you could help. Stop right there. And- Mike, had you heard that your son had cancer from Scientology or your ex-wife? Nope. Not You're hearing it from a fucking journalist, reporter. Cl- a reporter. From a reporter. Okay. So the following morning from that phone call, mm-hmm. I drove to the Fort Harrison with Marty Rathbun to see my son or asked to see my son. I was stopped at the front door by private investigators and they called the Clearwater Police Department and issued a trespass warning against me and had me leave. Right. And now this is the purpose That's of- the context in sure. which now what you're about to hear occurs. Right. So your son did not wish to connect with you and Scientology called resources of which they don't pay for in the Clearwater Police Department and had you removed. So they didn't give a fuck that you should be connected with your son. Your son didn't give a fuck to be connected to his father. Well, actually, Uh that's that's a bit more of a story because it turns out that at the time he was trying to leave the Sea Org. And couldn't get out. And when the police eventually went inside at my insistence to talk Uh to him, they were escorted by several people from OSA Uh and did not have a conversation with him by himself. They had a conversation with him while he was being watched or overseen by the OSA people. So he did not, he, that didn't work out, unfortunately. But, but Mike, but since yes, your son, point, but, but since Mike, your, your son has recovered, we should say this. Your son right. is fully recovered, doing well. Uh, however, Mike will receive no updates of the well being of his son or his daughter who remain in the Sea Org. And, uh, and, and since Mike, your son has done uh, a video, a smear video. Uh, about you. Yeah, more than one. Okay, let's play it. Look at your daughter, you piece of shit. I'm with you. What about me? I'm with you. No. What are you doing? I don't care. You just don't need to be I can't, I'm afraid. Who's that? Stop it. 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 Let's stop for a second. Now, Mike, here is your, he, this was your ex-wife screaming like a lunatic. Um, that was said, Jenny Linson mostly oh, that was, screaming. Oh, that was Jenny. Okay. And yes. It, but, okay. But you're, she's repeating this line. You deserted your family. You deserted your family. Now, you hadn't heard from your family. Correct. And, and in fact, yeah, I had yeah. tried to go and see my son. <laughs> and you were. As, <laughs> Just the, two days before. And, the and they managed to had been fly called. these people. They managed to fly these people out from California and Australia to come and assault me in this parking lot, and and Leah, that just goes on and on and on. 
and I try to walk away from them and they prevent me from walking away. I try to get in. I've been walking in the parking lot. I try to get into my car and drive away. They prevent me from getting into the car. Then they take my car keys Then they throw the car keys away. And then the doctor comes out of the office hearing the commotion and says, should I call the sheriff's department? I say, yes, call the sheriffs. Now, John, what are you thinking when this is all going on? Have you, I mean, you couldn't have been more shocked that you're on the phone checking, fact checking with Mike about an upcoming uh, a story about these lunatics. What, what were you thinking when you heard all of this? It's still upsetting. I felt very, very sorry for Mike. I also feel, uh, and this may be strange, but I want to express this, yeah. but I think that these people have been uh, his family members and so many other people who are family members inside Scientology are effectively captives. They have been their hostages who have been mentally kidnapped by the church. By and they are being held and used um, as, as kind of prisoners. And then they've lost to a mind control cult. Um, all concerned deny any wrongdoing. The Church of Scientology says that I'm a bigger ally and a fantasist. So this was join the crew. Go ahead. Yes. So Go this ahead. is anyway. It was awful. I, I can remember I was in Belfast. Um, weirdly, <laughs> because Scientology is so heavy duty, we did all of the Scientology programs out of B the BBC office in Belfast, which is bomb proof. <laughs> like, like, right, like, right, like, right. Because yeah. it's been bombed lots of times. There's lots yeah. of you know, there's, the security doesn't muck around. You know, it's right, good right, security. Right. Sure. Uh, and okay, so we're doing the Church of Scientology um, investigation in the BBC Belfast office, which is not proof. Anyway, so, <laughs> but I can remember feeling deeply upset um, uh, for Michael as a, as a journalist, yeah. though, was a great fucking coup. Right. I press record, and right. so completely, not by accident, but it so happened yeah. that this tape proves, without a doubt, that Mike was attacked by a Church of Scientology attack using, abusing his family members against him in the cruelest possible way. Right. And so I, I, I have no truck for the apologists um, or the, the people who say Scientology isn't that bad. No, 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 no. It's, this is a dark, dark organisation. Right. But I am pleased. It's a good... I've done some good stories in my time, but one of the yes. things I've done is, I, 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 you know, so, Mike, can you confirm that blah, 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 press record, listen, 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 and then this is attacked. So I'd just like to say, fuck you, Church of Scientology. <laughs> All concerned deny any wrongdoing. <laughs> Stop laughing. Sorry. You're from Brooklyn. Cleveland yes. is not um, Clearwater. And where's the other place? Yes, anyway, I'm, I'm getting okay.
Yeah, Joel. Well, yeah. Just to let you know, uh, just to stick up for my New Jersey folks, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to New Jersey, but it's yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Rick Ross. Uh, Rick Rick Ross lives. You know, he's the. Uh, anyway, he's got two terrifying yappity dogs, uh-huh. and, like, and it was just like, oh for God's sake! Anyway, but he was a good guy. He said, "You do Scientology, they will come after you." Sure, he was right. but now and, and here, and and, the, and, it, and it continues. Now that 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 tape that we have, Mike, and I hope you post that as well. The whole, I the, whole att- the whole attack on you. But what you should also post, Mike, is the Scientology video that came following that, where Kathy Bernardini, your ex-wife, has now retold that story into that you viciously attacked her, for which she has permanent damage. To her arm, because now, like like you guys mentioned here, the doctor seeing this attack as it goes on, where they go, "Fuck you, fuck you, you piece of fucking shit, you fucking piece of shit," that, like it's crazy. Uh, but I think that's yeah. Tom Devox's ex, isn't it? What's her yes. name again? Yes, Jenny Linson. Jenny Linson. Yeah, no, no. But, so, so, yeah, so the but what I'm saying. By the way, the Clearwater cops investigated, and no charges were put against Mike because there was uh, there was no evidence. Of any such attack, Mike was the victim of exactly. a bullying attack by the Church of Scientology using and abusing his family members. Mike yes. is innocent. The police looked at it and thought, "This is rubbish. We're not going anywhere." Well, no, no, no. Let me let me go back. Is Kathy, that correct? No, I'm wrong, actually, yeah? Kath, because you, Mike, the doctor there, at Mike's request, called the sheriff's department. They showed up. An ambulance showed up. Uh, Kathy never said to the police officers who were there taking a report that Mike had attacked her. The ambulance, the the people who were attending to her, she said she had sustained no injuries that she, that required her being looked at. Now, if you look at the Scientology video that Kathy and now her daughter, Taryn are putting out, they are saying now the opposite of what they what Kathy report, didn't report anything at the time, and the police report as well the the, the people attending to her uh, quote unquote injury was that there was inconsequential. Um, uh, it was incidental uh, contact inc- that occurred when I was trying to trying to escape. get away. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to yeah, leave yeah. them yeah, showing right. up, and that Kathy had sustained a graze on her arm of a pain that she considered to be a pain level of between uh, on a scale of zero to 10 to be a two and that she refused to be taken to the hospital or get any further medical attention or treatment. The problem is that I, or a thing is I managed to take this call and therefore you can hear the aggression from Scientology and that, uh, that Mike's being entirely reasonable. And, and 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 so this didn't work, and the authorities didn't uh, go anywhere with it because it's nonsense. There is a wider problem, because while we were making um, uh, certainly the second film, we were aware that there was a parallel investigation by the FBI into Scientology, which went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I think that um, the FBI and the government in the United States uh, 
like many other governments around the world, is afraid of taking Scientology on. I think it's a confidence trick masquerading as a religion and that should be stripped of its charitable status in British terms, whatever the language, uh, whatever the precise language you use in the States, you get my drift. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. Um, it, it's an organization that makes money like Coca-Cola, but mm-hmm. Coca-Cola makes money out of selling sugary drinks. It's an organization that makes money out of fear and blackmail like the mafia. Scientology. I, I always take offense to that, but go ahead. Sorry? I always take offense to that because I, I always say that the mafia has some morals. <laughs> That's the Brooklyn girl with some New Jersey connections. Yeah, anyway. I've just seen movies. <laughs> By the way, hold on quickly. All concerned deny any wrongdoing. There is, of course, no suggestion yes. that the Church of Scientology... Well, there's a bit of a suggestion because... I think a British judge and an American judge in 1984 both accuse, uh, the two judges separately accuse Scientology of blackmail and brainwashing. Both of those judgments stand. And I would stand, and I agree with both of that. This is a church that lies and spies, that wears black, dark glasses, that brainwashes and blackmails. And it's not a church. It's Agreed. a criminal organization and, and also John, as a church. Yeah, no. And, and John, the, the other thing, too, is that, like you said, uh, like businesses like uh, that, that run like a business, Scientology has a price list and a preset price list. So this is not uh, uh, this is a for profit business. And so it should be uh, it should be seen as that. And, and uh, you're exactly right. It should not have tax exemption while being a business for profit. And the Fed should have a go. Yeah. Where's their balls? Uh, by the way, we've been talking now forever. Yeah, we're leaving. But listen, and I, I no, just no, want no, to say this. Yeah. I want yeah. to say something. Here's Please. the good news. Yeah. Is I think, although Scientology's got a ton of money, but thanks to you two in particular, and also... Um, um, Lawrence Wright and Alex Gibney and yes. all the other good people in the wonderful United States of America, which to my mind has found its marbles again, um, you're making it suffer quite a lot. So carry on doing what you're doing. Thank you, love. Cheerio, Governor. Thank you, John. Sweetie. <laughs> Lover. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Mike uh, and Leah, next time we're in London... The beers are on me. Oh, literally. Okay, well, the fish and chips are on me. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, going John, to that fish and chip shop again the next time I see you. Well, John Sweeney, listen, I, we can't thank you enough for continuing to to answer the call when we ask you. You've done the aftermath. Uh, and you continue to, to, to speak out, and we really appreciate your time, and we should let you go. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Until next time, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. I just want to say one more thing. You are- oh, God, I've done that. <laughs> God. Idiot. You can't I'm take the, the swing guys. out of Stop. John. You can't take the roar, yeah. <laughs> oh, love you. Love you. <laughs>